Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. The Grizzlies had a closed football scrimmage Saturday. The NFL trade deadline comes and goes very quietly. Justin Angle joins the show today, and I think there's something going on nationally, too. I'll try to remember what exactly that is. Hi, how are you, boys and girls? Tutel and Nuanas, Ryan Tutel here, Colton Nuanas over there, all of you wherever you are, and we are so very happy to be with all of you. Hope you are having a wonderful day, an excellent election day, and our best to uh, everybody out there who is uh, voting, who is administrating, and uh, and participating in this thing. So we're happy for uh, all of that to be uh, ongoing here, and uh, certainly, you know, as we all should advocate for, uh, you know, the continuing vote getting out there. I saw today, Coulter, video, two-hour-long line to go vote down on Russell at the election uh, yeah, just office there. there. Very, very long. So good for all those folks to stand in line. I know it's you know a longer process this year than most. Also makes me happy. I told you before, 
that I love voting on the day, like going down there and doing it day of. Uh, I did not do that this year because mm. of this very kind of scenario, and I knew sure. that the in-person thing is not the way it is. But I said, you know, I love standing in line because it just feels like, you know, a thing. I will say I hadn't I hadn't really put the two-hour time limit to mm. that. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, give me 15 minutes. Let me sure. get in there, do the thing, feel good about it. So I'm glad that I got mine in uh, earlier, and I know that very many – I mean, we, we're already in the state of Montana – past the total voter turnout from the 2016 election coming into today and obviously so very many more out there but uh it's uh you know it's it's the day we do it and it's uh one of the great parts of uh of this country of living in america being in montana and all that so uh you know again our we understand that that is the large uh, uh, overarching backdrop to everything that we're going to do here in our little sports show. That's that's exactly right. I would suggest anybody that's driving right now do avoid Russell Street because there is some traffic. You know, you can walk and go into the voting place, the polling place, but yeah. they have to do it limited amount of people in there, obviously. But then also there's the drive-through part. But then they're directing one-way traffic around Russell and Wyoming, so mm-hmm. it's just going to be less congested if you go up Broadway or, or Russell. But I, I live right by that polling place yeah. you're referring to. Yeah. I think I nailed it. This was like my favorite way I've ever voted. I was the last car through the line at 659 last night. Okay. So now I know that I'm the last <laughs> one the day before the election. And, uh, you know, no margin for error then. We're going to get That's it. right. You don't got to worry about uh, getting in there. under. But now if I... What time? I don't know what time. I think it closes at 8 tonight. Eight? Yes. But, but that also means if you are... In if you're there by eight, you can vote right after eight as long as you are there and in line. I think what they're going to have is probably a person, a, an administrator, uh, you know, some sort, who at eight oh one says, the "I'm ends. the end of the line." Right. If you're not in front of me, you know that that's it. So you you got you got you got plenty of time to get over there if you haven't done it. Maybe you wait for the line to thin out. Maybe it lengthens out. I don't know. We'll we'll see. But uh, you know, it's a it's a. A, a lot of folks participating in this one. That's a good thing. Well, good good words by you in terms of the freedoms that this provides and the fact that we do get to have uh, a silly little sports show because we are free and in America is a wonderful thing. But I also think that people need to remember how thankful and lucky we should be to live in Montana because this is following the various disruptions and challenges there are for voters across mm. the country for a variety of reasons. I think that Montana has the most accessibility, perhaps the greatest level of discourse, uh, the, the most independent thinking, po- I mean, among the most independent thinking populations. Yeah. But as of this morning, I think there was 82% of ballots already submitted from possible voters in Montana. I think that the all-time record in any state is something like 91%. So we're going to flirt with that. Yeah. As of 1 p.m. this afternoon in Missoula, 86% of ballots had already been turned in. And that's not counting the hundreds of people that are standing in line right now to totally. still vote. So if there's anywhere in the world that... Everybody does have uh, a, a say here. We, you know, and they always say you can't complain if you don't vote. I think everybody in Montana, everybody in Missoula <laughs> did, so that's good. Everybody's ready to complain, aren't hey, they? Cole? <laughs> I just say, I just say, it's it's a wonderful and beautiful thing though to live in a community that that is so engaged. No, it, it's not. That's not how it is a lot of places no, in the no, country. No question. No question. Uh, hey, let's uh, take a look at what we got in the show today. Uh, we uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Grizzlies. Now they had a they had their scrimmage, which I think signals the end of this. Well, so you're you're allowed to have three live thing. sessions, okay. and so this was their second. Okay, so they I'm only have getting I'm coming. only getting this because they're putting little highlight videos on there. Yeah, yeah. 
on their account, and then they've been talking about it with the quarterback club, and that, you know, obviously that trickles and, downhill. And it, and it, but I mean, the, the the scrimmages are closed, and it's just, I mean, it's a f- effectively something like a live practice of some sort, but it is ongoing. But it sparks some conversation and some questions about what does Montana need? What would you like to see positionally for them as we go around the quarter into, you know, still what is preparing to be a spring season? So we'll get into that. We also uh, will have our youth sports segment as we have the first two Tuesday of every month. We're very happy uh, to welcome in for our Pepsi Youth Sports segment, Todd Johnson from FC Missoula. He's been with us before. Great guy to have in here. And they are having a soccer tryouts coming up the end of this week. And so he's going to come in here about a half an hour and talk to us about that. The NFL trade deadline came and went with very little activity. And really the story isn't what happened, but what didn't happen, maybe yeah. what should have happened. So we'll get into that a little bit. Top of the hour. Very happy. Once again, this will be our second uh, uh, installation of the business angle with our friend Justin Angle, a business professor of the University of Montana. Uh, he's going to come and talk to us about Disney and ESPN, which is a subsidiary of, uh, of course, of Disney, and the hosting of events. Uh, for instance, the bubble over there at Walt Disney World, where the NBA played their playoffs is owned by Disney, so you got one entity owning sort of the area that games are being played and also the media company that's sort of covering some of this stuff. And so it's a very sort of interesting and complex thing when these businesses get so huge, like obviously Disney has. And he's going to come in and talk to us a little bit about that, the complexities of it, and uh, and maybe some interesting points that we haven't really thought about. So we'll get into uh, get into that with him as well. And also maybe some college football. Wisconsin-Purdue canceled. This is the second game in a row the second week in a row uh that wisconsin has had their game canceled so uh uh, they're right on the edge of not even being eligible to participate in a big 10 championship game to say nothing of a a potential playoff uh, at the end of all of this so we'll we'll maybe get into that a little bit hey you want to call we're happy to have you 361-3688 is the phone number 361-3688 all guests join us via the rankage brothers rv phone line you can text that phone number as well again 361-3688 your comments feedback all that is always welcome here you can also uh go ahead and uh uh, listen live on the world wide web you go to our website 1029espn.com you jump in the stream the stream is available all the time thanks to our friends at opportunity bank of montana your local bank your opportunity uh coulter montana grizzly football team and we Mm. continue uh recording man these these uh uh grizz greats podcast the silver anniversary of the 1995 national champions kelly stensrud came in uh today and actually talked with us great conversation with him and as we continue to release these out there it's it's fun to think about the his the history uh of this team specifically that 95 team but also the uh the 25 years the quarter century that spanned from then to now and where we're at in this present day and when we look at this this team today, uh, Cold, you thought, well, you know, they just had this this scrimmage or, or you know, live close right. scrimmage on Saturday as they continued through their fall spring season, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a, it's 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 like spring football, but it's in the fall, so that's what it is. Uh, and you know, talking about okay, well, what are areas that that uh, the Grizzlies have mm-hmm. and areas that they don't, and not even so much positionally, but but types of players at particular positions for what the, what it is they want to do. So go ahead and say more about that and what you were thinking of, you know, as we, you know, considered this today. Well, I started watching a couple of the highlight videos they had out from these scrimmages and 
the very first highlight of the very first scrimmage, which was a couple weeks ago, was of Xavier Harris. Xavier Harris is a kid that joined us on this show uh, a long time ago when he was first getting recruited, kid from Oxnard, California, who's really explosive, really highly recruited running back. And it got me thinking about two different factors. First of all, I think that we haven't we've talked so much about this Grizz program under Bobby Houck about the ways that it's the same when Coach Houck was here the first time. He was the first head college football coach that I covered as a young journalist. You know, my buddies were playing for the Grizz at the time. My brother ended up playing for Coach Houck. So I knew about that program so well. And then when he came back, I couldn't help but giggle about all the things that remain the same. We haven't talked enough, I think, about all the things that are different. Montana is trying to win in a completely different way. They want to light your hair on fire with their defensive style, run to the football. That's never going to change with Coach Houck. He wants to party on the pile at all times. He's always going to talk about it. Run to the football. You're going to do up-downs if you're loafing. That's just the way that it goes. Yeah. That's never going to change. The scheme has changed. The How aggressive they are, how much they blitz, that's changed. But the offensive style is 100% different. They're trying to light people up. This, this I never thought I'd see a Coach Houck team that's 45 a game, 50 a game like they were last year. Mm-hmm. It was actually funny after the Eastern Washington game, you could tell he was taking more joy in his 34-17 win than any other game of the year because that was vintage Bobby Houck. That's yeah. That was 2009. That's what they did, 34-17 every single time out. But this team, they want to really spread it out and light you up. Can I ask you a question about this? Yes. Um, we all trails of a football team lead to the head coach, right? So we understand that, that, that that's where, you know, that's where the direction in general comes from. And if he's not the one making that decision or signing off on it or whatever, that's what it is. That said, to me, a significant part of the direction that you go in is who you choose to hire as your coordinators. And and how much you let them do, implement their own creativity. That's right. And so when you bring in Tim Rosenbaugh and Brent Pease, who have been around the block and around the block and around the block, they're not, these aren't you know, young guys just cutting their teeth in the profession that no. he's going to come in here and say, no. well, this is what we're going to do no. today. The, these, are, you, these are former Power 5 offensive that's coordinators right. that have coached Heisman Trophy finals. When you bring those guys in, they expect a level of autonomy, which it appears to me Bobby yeah. Houck has granted to them to do what they want. The second thing to that is you also have to use what you got. You yeah. show up here, yeah. you know, in 2017, and you look at the offense – you you you're gonna ground and pound your way into safety after safety if that's what you want to do when you got all this unbelievable talent on yep. the outside speed and that thing and that's you have to play that football game to some extent now they're they're in a position now where they can play a lot of different styles of football but how much of that do you think is really the the focus is whether Bobby Houck himself has quote unquote changed philosophy or whatever is sort of less important to me than what the reality of the situation is well no, no which question he's created by hiring who he hired no, no question and th- this has no implication of any sort of an opinion on Bobby Houck's staff his first time here his staff now is tremendous it's not even close how much better it is yeah and that's just a testament to their experience where they've been. I mean, there's no FCS staff in the country where you've had multiple. They have more than just even their offensive and defensive coordinators that held those positions in the Power Five. What FCS school has a wide receivers coach who was the who was an offensive coordinator in the SEC? Yeah. None. No. No. FCS school has that like Montana does with with Coach Pease. But so then this got me thinking. They like to play tempo quite often. 
They like to do a lot of spread-style concepts, a lot of RPO stuff, particularly when Dalton Sneed was healthy. We'll see how that evolves because I don't necessarily think Cam Humphreys is that style of runner, but I do think he, he, he can stretch the field just as well as Dalton Sneed. Maybe not just as well, but he's got a pretty darn good arm, and he can do that. But even though they, ha- they scored so much and they were such an explosive offense, they didn't really spread the ball around as much as you can to stay in college football. Obviously, Montana State's a bad example. They spread the ball around more than anybody I've ever seen. I think they had like 26 guys that got carries and 20-plus guys that got catches. Right. I mean, you have, if you play for them, you have a chance to catch a ball. I mean, yeah. Jason Scrapples is a grad t- transfer defensive tackle from Washington, and he catches two touchdowns last year. Like that, yeah. Anybody could catch the ball at Montana State. That's how they roll. But you look at last year in the run game. It was Marcus Knight and Nick Osmo, and that's it. Mm-hmm. In this day and age of college football, you can play four running backs. You can play five running backs because you're going you're gonna to run 90 plays a game. You can get guys a couple, three, four, five snaps. So then Xavier Harris sparked my thought thinking, huh, well, what, is, what if some of these young guys just can break out and be guys that just contribute here or there? They had a play in that scrimmage where they handed Malik Flowers the ball out of the mm-hmm. backfield. That seems intriguing. He hasn't caught a ball yet in his Grizz career, even though he scored a handful of touchdowns because he's been Special such a great team. returner. Yeah. But then you start thinking about the receivers. When you have a guy catch 87 balls, another guy catch 65 balls, another guy catch 60 balls, that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, besides Samari Torrey, Jerry Louis McGee, Sammy Kim, the next guy was Mitch Roberts, but they just have some other guys that could get more involved, and you just wonder if they're able to spread it around well, more. And, and all those Jerry Louis McGee touches have to be reallocated now, right? Exactly. I mean, he's graduated, so... Exactly, so that's 67 balls that sure. can go to this tight end, that tight end. So then I start to think how much more explosive could this offense be if they diversify the weapons as well? Like Marcus Knight had a nose for the end zone. He made some great plays, but a change of pace back, what could that do? A guy like Xavier Harris was the first guy that popped into my mind. And so then I just started thinking, the other thing that Coach Houck, the times were so much different in terms of how you recruited. It wasn't as easy to recruit on a regional and national level. Now everybody's got Twitter. You can text this kid every freaking day if you want to. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they do. But that, especially at the skill position, especially at running back, that's where you can go get a dude who's like Big Sky Conference ready day one. And we've seen that across the league. Jay Hill goes, gets Josh Davis. He's you know he's Utah Gatorade Player of the Year. He's starter day one at Weber State. Mm-hmm. Jeff Chokos gets Isaiah Fonse. Mm-hmm. Washington Gatorade Player of the Year. Starter day one, Montana State. Alonzo Gilliam at UC Davis. I mean, he's the Northern California Player of the Year. Starter, day one at UC Davis for Dan Hawkins. So, which of these young guys is that? We had Aaron Fontes, who's also from Oxnard, California, wide receiver. There's going to be a guy where, now Bobby Howe can recruit with his brand. He can recruit with Grizz football. It's not just the guys from the Northwest. It's not just the Montana guys, the guys you're going to bring in here and develop. He can go get premier players. Yeah. That's been the case with the brand, even with Bob Stitt. That's why the cover, the cupboard was so flush when Coach Howe got here. They That staff, for everything you can take away from them in terms of their inability to handle expectations and their inability to rise to the level you needed to be at when you're at Montana, they did a hell of a job in recruiting, especially when it comes to the flashy skill type well, guys. In, in certain areas, they did. Exactly. Right? I mean, but, but they, were, they were selling the catch a touchdown at Washington Grizzly Stadium to those yeah, guys no before doubt. they came here. So I just think it's so interesting um, the way that they might be able to diversify. So, I mean, what do you think of just the, the possibility of getting even more guys involved? Because to me, 
That's how you make Cam Humphrey the most dangerous, mm-hmm. is let him be a ball distributor that gets the ball in the hands of not just 18, not just eight, everybody else on the field. Two-tell new one is 102.90 ESPN Radio. I think a lot of it, and the reason is, is in baseball, right, Saber metrics, they stopped looking at first baseman and started looking at the position of first base. How are you going to get productivity out of this spot? Whether it's one guy who's great or whether it's three guys who on any given day might be the guy you need because you need a guy who's got great defense one day, a guy who could get a walk the next day and has great OBP, and then another guy who can rake, right? And so they they start looking at the football field, not in terms of personnel, but in terms of positions. Well, the baseball field in this instance, but I'm, I'm transferring over to the football field. And I think that has happened to a certain extent. There's obviously some guys you just got to have out there. Samari Torrey and Sammy Akem are on the football field, period, no questions. Right. So that's happening. Uh, uh, but there's other spots, like you're saying, like, well, you know, what would it be like to go ahead and take, uh, 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 you know, one of your big tight ends mm-hmm. and follow him up with one of your fastest slot receivers in the exact same spot, maybe even in the exact same formation? Exactly. And what 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 would that do? And look, man, I mean, got to believe that Coach Rosie, Coach Pease, Coach Hauk are well out in front on some on these concepts and ideas. But you also have to have the people and the coach, you know, the coaching guys up and the development to get them to to do it to be able to work that way. I also think about the defensive side of the ball, no question, because this you know very atypical, really fun. I mean, I I don't know that I can recall. As an as exciting a style of defensive football as what Montana does, I mean it's 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 a blast to watch. It really is. It's because of the basic principle of it. In its essence, the visual element that it provides to yes. the opposing offense is so confusing. But in its essence, it's actually the most simple defense that is run in the Big Sky Conference, maybe in all of college football. You want to know why? Because the only thing that matters is running to the ball. Yeah, that's the demand. You run to the ball. That's all. They, and, and they get everybody to do it. They certainly do. And so the thing is, is with the, the, the five high shell or the base DBs or the safety playing linebacker, however you want to talk about it, uh, where you're thin just in terms of numbers is just a reality of it is on the defensive line. You, and, and that's why I think that while we take a look at the linebackers and the number of tackles they have and Robbie in his safety spot coming in right. and, and making plays and, and how important the corners are and maybe, you know, what does it look like when, you know, Omar Hicksonu and, and, and Trajan Cotton are cornerbacks for this team? Can they provide, you know, that that uh, uh, lockdown, shutdown sort of coverage that would make this, you know, a, a true bear of a defense to go against? But also... Last year, you have Jesse Sims on the inside. We, uh, I think, gave Jesse Sims his due where the productivity can't be measured statistically for what he is and what he's supposed to do. He needs to eat up blockers, and nobody's going to be stronger than that guy in the inside. That said, I think a a stud nose tackle or a two-stud interior defensive linemen are just hugely important for this defense for two reasons. One, so that they can do what they do in terms of running to the ball, but also where this defense, if it's been susceptible, feels like it has been more, is is on the ground a little bit. And if you can have guys that can do that, I'm not sure. Now, Alex Gubner was phenomenal. I mean, we've just been singing the praise of this kid, but really it's as much about his athleticism. He's made how many interceptions from a defensive tackle spot? I mean, it's crazy, yeah, 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 you know, picks, so as a young guy, four. sophomore and so forth. So, 
So he gets a lot of love because of the flash that you see out of him, but what is he when you don't notice him? And I, I don't know the answer to that. I think that he's great. That's why he's out there. But, uh, you know, Eli Alford, what's he going to develop mm-hmm, into? Mm-hmm. And I think those are guys that aren't going to get as much run, and not even guys, but positions that aren't as obvious to pay attention to that really, I mean, for lack of a better word, anchor what Montana needs defensively because you don't have four or five down linemen out there plugging up between the, between the hashes. And that's another interesting analysis and comparing contrasting Houck's first years to now. The first year with Bobby Houck back, I truly think that everybody that he thought had the ability to play at all on de- on defense played. And they that only amounted to maybe 16 or 17 guys getting on the field like at all. Mm-hmm. Very little rotation. The D-linemen were just basically out there all the time. Then last year, they had sort of their stalwart front-line defensive, ga- defensive linemen and then they rotated those young guys in a ton. And now all of a sudden you're playing five, six defensive linemen. You wonder how much the formations, the alignments change. You know, they have enough guys now where they could move to a four down front sometimes. Mm. You know, maybe or, or or have Justin Belknap play the stand up spot, the transfer from Arizona opposite Joe Babros. You know, now, now they have some guys that can play definitive spots, but then you can also splice them in with those lunch pail guys like Braden Deming, like Alex Gubner, like Eli Alford. And I just think that like last year, they got to the point where they had about mm, 20 guys that they could get on the field. Coach Halk, the first time around, he, he wanted to have a program where you're going to play 25 guys on defense because you got 50. Mm. He wanted to have a program where the 20 dudes who aren't sniffing the field still could. They're still they're still good enough to get out there. They're not going to hurt you. And I don't think they're quite there yet, but the amount that they've increased their defensive depth, partic- I, I shouldn't even say particularly on the front seven because it's been tremendous in the secondary too. They've gotten to the point now where they have so many more guys that are viable options. You can throw in another dude on the defensive line, and it's not going to kill you. He's not going to get run over. You have guys that have so much potential, and I, I, that's an interesting point because I, I think that the now you can diversify this thing. Maybe you have a package for a guy like R.J. Nelson, who was a starter as a redshirt freshman when Bob Stitt was here, has kind of gotten washed away because he's gotten hurt, but he's still a long, lean dude who could provide some special things in an edge package or whatever it might be. You know, now maybe build a package with Belknap and Patrick O'Connell on the other side. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you have a three linebacker set where you get a bigger body like Marcus Wellnell in there a little bit, not just playing the two inside guys. And I think it just diversifies what they could do. I think that this scheme still has room to grow. I think they still could add some different packages and some different personnel groups that would make it even more confusing for opposing offenses. The other thing that I think is uh, I'm interested in is by the time we play football, it will have been a year and a half, and depending, you know, it could be two full years if right. it goes all the way to the fall of, of next year. Well, how many times do guys show up after one year and you go, oh, well, I didn't look exactly. at how much yeah, this yeah, guy's yeah. developed. Well, in 18 months or two years, eating nothing but peanut butter and tuna fish and sure. lifting weights and doing what you're doing, and all of a sudden, there's going to be dudes we got no clue about. You go, what? That's who, that's who that lanky freshman is, this muscle-bound maniac who's out here wrecking people and and that's part of sort of i mean i guess you can call it the excitement or whatever the anticipation of of what this could be and that's obviously not just for montana that's for for all, all all the schools in the big sky conference but you're gonna there's gonna be this will be the most uh number to me of hugely impactful 
players that we've never heard of just coming out of the woodwork when we're back to playing football in this conference. Well, or guys that you have heard of that just grow so much. I mean, yeah. Alex Governor was 19 years old last year. Yeah. You know, he's a redshirt freshman. Yeah. Think about how much, how many gains he could make. He's already physically ready as a young guy. No doubt. And you know, I mean, the difference between 19 and 21 physiologically is just enormous. Not as much as between 21 and 39. <laughs> It's much different. That's, a, that's an enormous isn't, shift. Isn't that the truth? But um, <laughs> that's where I expect to see actually the most gains. Yeah. I, it's one of the reasons why I, if it was delayed till the fall of 2021, why I think that would be in certain ways one of the best things to ever happen to the game, mm. one of the best things to ever happen to college football. Because the grind of college football is so crazy. A lot of times guys have elective surgeries in the offseason. A lot of times, you know, this, that, and the other thing. They're never fully healthy. They can never have that training block where they can hammer the weight room. Now, as long as these guys stay healthy, stay unquarantined, yeah. they can hammer in the weight room for 18 months, and the gains could just be ridiculous. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Take a quick break on the other side. Our Pepsi Youth Sports segment with Todd Johnson of Missoula FC is going to talk to us about soccer and especially getting the kids out to play a little soccer, get an outdoor activity going here uh, as we uh, go around the corner. Coulter, I, I know that we are supposed to do this later, but I cannot help myself. You need it now. It's Tagliari Tuesday for crying out loud around here. Everybody knows it. Why would we put off the satisfaction and the joy of this thing? You got yourself a uh, spectacular Tagliari's deli sandwich, and they even uh, gave me some chips. They oh said the boy. secret. This is so we're gonna try the Beach Boy today. Okay, Beach Boy's turkey, bacon, garlic, aioli, some veggies. But they said if you take these luau barbecue chips and crush them up and put them on there, we're not going to do it right now on the show. That's too noisy, messy, all of the above. This, but they say this is the life hack that you need. Okay. It's the thing that makes this uh, this Beach Boy even greater. I got to say, full disclosure, too, big fan of Tagliari forever, even before we started eating the sandwiches on the show. This was always the sandwich I went with. The Beach Boy? Yeah. So everything we've had so far has been new to me. New, you know, I, when I look at you, I think to myself, the only thing Coulter needs is a beach. Like, get <laughs> get this guy some sun and some sand, a nice pair of, uh, you know, mid-thigh s- s- uh, swim trunks, and let him just roll out there. Look at that. That is a great-looking sandwich. onion, tomato, the garlic aioli, boys, mayonnaise. Boys mm. and girls, you want to go to Tagliari? We're going to send you there. Call right now, 361-3688, 361-3688. You call right now, you got $25. Go in there, get whatever sandwich you want. You can get a couple, maybe get a little bottle of wine going. It's election night, and they have wine on sale because they know. <laughs> they know. That's, that's very, very bright of them. Uh, Tagliari is right over there off of Higgins uh, next to the uh, Grizz Grocery. And uh, you go in there, best sandwiches in town. You enjoy it just like we're about to. On the other side, Todd Johnson. Talk a little soccer. Get your kids doing something outside next. There's only one way to really enjoy fall sports, and that's on a full stomach. So whether you're watching the MLB, NHL, NFL, NBA, whatever the letters, the Desperado has an A-plus menu to fill your belly while you're cheering on your team. Head to the Desperado for a juicy bacon burger, a steaming plate, a cheesy nachos, ice-cold beer, and hands down, the best hot wings in town. If it's a steak you're looking for, well, they've got that too. Whether the game ends in a win or a loss, get your winner-winner Despo dinner at the Desperado Sports Tavern on South Russell, across from the Y. 
Your Earl Grey tea gets a lot more exciting when Florence Coffee Company turns it into a London fog. This delicious beverage has become popular in the Northwest for a good reason. Steamed milk, vanilla, and Earl Grey tea combine to give you a drink that is uplifting and calming at the same time. It's the perfect afternoon pick-me-up. Try a London fog today at any Florence Coffee location or go to FlorenceCoffeeCode.com. The best flavor under the big sky. Florence Coffee Company. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. We do need happy hour, and that's why we're on the radio. <laughs> Tutel and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hope you're having a wonderful day out across the state. Thanks for being here, hanging out with us. We are very happy to be uh, with all of you. It is time now for our Pepsi Youth Sports segment. It is brought to us by Pepsi Cola of Missoula, proudly supporting youth athletics in the city of Missoula. And we welcome back to the show a friend of the show at this point, I would like to say, Todd Johnson from FC Missoula. Todd, great to see you, my man. How are you? Great to see you guys. We're happy to have you back in here. Normally, we don't have you in here in, in November. I know. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> everything is different now in this world, and I expect it to be, uh, what, 75 and sunny all winter long. Uh, but... Welcome in. Good to see you. Good to see you. And let's talk about this because uh, this Saturday, you're going to have tryouts for FC Missoula for the kids. What ages are we talking about? Because we want to get these kids outside doing stuff. I know it's starting to cool off and all that kind of thing, but you can still go play, have fun. And again, outside is always the best place to be, right? No, doubt, no doubt about it. It's um, As we know, this has been just a crazy year. Sure. You know, a lot of stuff going on and um, our, 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 our children, our kids, uh, have really not suffered, but man, you know, I mean, when you're a kid, you want to get outside mm-hmm. and, and especially early on in the spring, um, when we had spring soccer, which is, you know, for Montana, that is the season, right? And, and so you have spring and you have fall, obviously spring was a, a, you know, we really couldn't have it, uh, because of COVID-19. And then uh, as we danced into fall, uh, we did have several teams play fall league and, and got some friendlies in there and that kind of stuff. So, you know, that was important. Um, you know, the health of our children and our, in our society, obviously we have to protect our old, um, uh, our, our elders, our parents, our grandparents, people that, um, are susceptible to something like a COVID-19. There's no doubt about it. Even we've noticed a couple of healthy people. In fact, I know of some 30 year olds that got knocked down by this thing. Yeah. Right. And, um, but our kids, for whatever reason, for the most part, don't show any types of symptoms. However, yeah. they can be a carrier. And so by them not being able to get out and socially interact through sports, specifically soccer, has been really heartbreaking. It has. And um, so, you know, with our club, FC Missoula, uh, it's been nice through fall and now going into tryouts that we are now able to get our kids out there. 
Um, and, and so basically what you were saying, age, we're accepting of any of, of, of any child age, yeah. right? I mean, so but basically, it's going to be you know birth year uh, uh, two thousand ten or eleven, all the way up to kids that are you know in high school. Yeah, nine nine ten years old. Nine on ten up. years yeah. old, all the way up to you know seventeen eighteen, right? Yeah. And the the great you know obviously high school soccer goes into is fall, and so that's why spring club soccer is the biggest thing because all age groups can play. Speaking up high school soccer, Missoula had a nice little run. Missoula Hellgate girls kind of messed up the entire Class AA bracket by knocking out the top seed Billings West, yep. set the table for them. Kalispell Glacier to go win on the girls' side, but then the boys, I mean, Hellgate boys couldn't be more dominant. Does that have an influence on you guys, though? I mean, because a lot of those kids probably do play FC Missoula, too, right? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And I tell you what, I've been, so uh, obviously, I've known you guys for now three years, right? Yeah. And so this is my fourth year as president of FC Missoula, and it has been so cool to see some of our girls and boys elevate from just youth, say club soccer, and now they're doing club and high school. It's pretty amazing. You know, Coulter and I were talking yesterday because obviously also Class A just wrapped up this past weekend on Saturday. Uh, Things getting moved back for weather, but it's interesting if you look at the schools and the cities where you have this consistency of high school you know, high-end soccer and while the same teams ending up in the semifinals and in the championship matches and that kind of thing. Soccer, all, all sports, all these things, but especially soccer have this like culture about them that is more than just the school or maybe the coach that's there. I mean, we know Jay Anderson at Hellgate, for instance, he's been there 18 years. He's great. He's, he knows what he's doing. He does a phenomenal job. But also the city of Missoula has, you know, a couple of different club leagues in them, a bunch of different ages playing outside of just the high school and, and that kind of thing. And all that seems to bootstrap in together. And it feels like, you know, a Kalispell Whitefish area, Missoula, Bozeman have these really strong soccer communities, right? There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, specifically here in Missoula, obviously, we have a, a couple of wonderful clubs. We have uh, FC Missoula and we have Strikers, right? Yeah. And then you have kind of some uh, some ancillary clubs that are involved. And at the end of the day, all we want is for each player to be able to elevate to the level they want to be at, right? And, and what I mean by that is when you're a soccer player, you're not talking necessarily about what I think of as a president where I just want each kid to go out and have an environment where not only is it enjoyable, but it's, it's, it's learnable and it teaches a lot of things outside of the game. Right. Mm -hmm. But as a player, we want to give them the opportunity to say, okay, if you want to be the best of best in this position, okay, center, center mid or whatever it is, where, 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 what, what fit is best for you? Okay, on what team inside FC Missoula? Maybe if it's not a fit inside of FC Missoula, it's outside of FC Missoula, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters, right? We just want to elevate and get these kids to where they they, they want to be. What do you think is the biggest uh, barrier to entry for soccer? And it seems like it's 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 a low barrier to entry, right? I mean. So, so what, what, what's the encouraging factors to get people to come out? Because it seems like this is just such a, a great way for your kids to get outside, get involved. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. So there's a big difference between competitive uh, soccer in Montana versus competitive soccer, say, in Arizona or California. Mm. And you hear the story. Is the sun the difference? <laughs> the sun is part of the difference. And, again, we won't talk about this coming Saturday. Don't anyone check the forecast. No, yeah, no. It's going to be beautiful. Because we don't know if we're going to be playing soccer or building snowmen. Right. But, uh, no, but, uh, competition, 
we want, number one, healthy competition. I think everyone, for the most part, wants healthy competition. But there's no doubt there's a different landscape between Montana and some of these states that play 12-month competitive soccer in a, right. in a higher populated environment with higher competition. And so with great thing about Montana, whether it's Strikers or FC Missoula or any other club, is everyone is welcome at the end of the day. Okay, we will make a fit for you mm-hmm. if we have the roster, the number for the team. Because at the end of the day, us as a club, we want to breed and we want to build a kid's confidence, communication, all those great attributes that you can basically develop as a kid or don't have to become who we are today, right? Yeah. As adults. Uh, Todd Johnson joining us. Our Pepsi Youth Sports segment. We do this the first Tuesday of every month, trying to highlight stuff for the kids, especially the maybe some of the younger kids, which this certainly is. And so let's get into this. You already said Saturday there's going to be a, this this tryout going to be available uh, for for kids roughly nine, ten years of age and yeah. on up. What do people need to know? What what are we trying out for? Obviously, the various types of teams, levels, and things like that, and and also the specifics of just how, where, where when, how it's going to happen. No doubt about it. So, uh, where and how do we do it? Well, you visit fcmissoula.com. Okay, and right below there's a there's a banner FC Missoula. Right below that there's a picture of our um, 08 girls team. Okay, with Coach Gordon King. There are two links. One of the links says uh, uh, spring. Uh, 21 tryouts. Yeah. Okay. So you basically go there, click on the link. There's no fee. There's no cost. And that way, at least we know you're in the system. So when we go in to check in on um, Saturday, then we have you in there. That, that's not a nece- that's not a necessity. You can show up. We'll just write you in. We'll fill it out. We'll we'll do that at a, at a later time and get you in the system. But we just want everyone to come out and have a great time if we can do it. If we can't do it and the weather doesn't permit it then we'll find out a different time. That's not a big deal. This is Montana. We'll get around that kind sure. of stuff, right? Um, but it again, everyone that wants to play soccer and play club soccer for whatever reasons, whether it's at a high competitive level, a social level, please come out. Um, and it's it's scheduled for Saturday what time and where? Yes. So we have diff- two different sessions. Okay. Um the uh, elders are going to go earlier, and the only reason I chose that is because I think they're – well, they might, might, they may not be a little bit tougher when it comes to weather. Maybe it's the young, maybe it's the younger. Because I'm thinking yeah, about it because you guys, but, and me included, I'm a golfer, yeah. and now I'm a San Diego golfer. I don't, I don't like the cold weather. I grew up in Helena yeah. when golf was a spring sport in high school, right. and I didn't like that. So anyway, but long story short, um, check in is at nine o'clock uh, for 2004. So you're talking what uh, uh, seven? 16-year-old? Yeah, 16. Yeah, birth year 2004 to 2008, which is going to be 12, 13-year-olds. And then um, that's from 9.30 to 11. Is that going to be that session? And then from um, 12.30 to 2 are going to be 2008 and younger. And their check-in under the pavilion at the Fort Missoula Recreational Complex is at noon. Perfect. So 9 a.m. for the older kids, say 13, 14 and up. Yep. 
and then the younger kids, 9, 10, up to 12, 13, is uh, in the afternoon or starting about noon. Yep, check uh, There at Fort Missoula, obviously uh, probably the greatest place in the state right now to go play soccer. I mean, you talk about the nice new field and then the huge acreage of just field after field out there. It's spectacular. I uh, love going out there anyways just to go walk around and hang out. So you go do that on Saturday. Again, fcmissoula.com, where you go for all the information. You can sign up. No cost associated with it at this time just to get out there and get a feel for it. Go meet some people. Get your kids outside and uh, playing a little bit and, and having some fun with Todd and everybody else uh, You know, on the, on the soccer pitch. Fantastic. Todd, thanks so much for being here, man. We appreciate it. Thank you. This is our Pepsi Youth Sports segment. It is brought to us by Pepsi Cola of Missoula. Pepsi Cola proudly supporting youth athletics in the city of Missoula. NFL trade deadline came and went. Not much happened, but something should have happened. I'll tell you exactly what it was and why it never does and why it always ends the way it does for my Packers. Next. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. The more things change, the more they don't change and stay the same in Green Bay. It's 2 Tell and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. At Gus 2 Tell, at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT. Those are your relevant Twitter handles. Let's follow along there. Uh, Coulter, the NFL trade deadline was today, this afternoon. Very little happened. The Dolphins traded Isaiah Ford for a 2022 seventh rounder to the New England Patriots. That's the that's the big offensive help that the Patriots have decided to obtain. So you can f- think what you want if you're a Patriots fan. Uh, but uh, the Green Bay Packers were rumored to be very much considering a deal to get Will Fuller from the Houston Texans and add to that wide receiving core. Uh, They have had, uh, you know, they've been much maligned for getting Jordan Love and not getting more help, T. Higgins, (laughs) for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, And some of that has been allayed because of how well they've played uh, up to this point in the season. But when you have an opportunity to make a move and get a guy that's going to help you, uh, that should obviously always be in consideration. Uh, Diana Rossini tweeted this, quote, I'm told the Green Bay Packers have discussed trading for Texans receiver Will Fuller, but there's been a disagreement in Green Bay at the highest levels of the organization over whether or not adding an elite receiver in the short term would be worth the spend. 
Now, Rob Demonsky, who covers the Seahawks, or the, the Packers, rather, is the beat writer for the Packers, retweeted that. And then what do they call it? Subtweeted? Quote tweeted? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Well, I don't know. Wait, what is it? Because there's a difference between those two things. Well, I don't know. Okay. He tweeted it, and then he added his own commentary on a, on the on the retweet. That's a quote tweet. Okay, he quote tweeted it. Okay. Good. Got my Twitter lexicon down. Uh, you're getting uh, there. And said, read in read here, the, the coach wants the deal done, and the GM does not. Right. And... I, Brian Gutekunst is now in his his second full season, but really almost his third year of being in the position. I mean, he was hired in the off season. What do you think so, of him? Better or worse than Ted Thompson? Well, way worse than early Ted Thompson. Better than late Ted Thompson. What happened in Green Bay? Like it's, it's Ted such a mystery. And Mike man. McCarthy both and, was lost. And, and 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 uh, Murphy, Mike Mur- Mark Murphy. So th- th- there's. I, I, I don't know, man. It was a real bad mix, ultimately, and I don't know what happened. So in terms of, if you're asking me between Ted Thompson, Mike McCarthy, and Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst, I'm taking this, what we got right now. Okay. He did go last year and made a bunch of moves. In particular, uh, Smith, right, Xavier, Xavier Smith, to come in and be a great pass rusher. Smash Amos, you know, comes in in the safety. So they made some moves, which was were refreshing, why you're looking at a wide receiver, I do understand because let's be honest right now, okay? Marquez Valdez Scantling is trash. Really? Alan Lazard, trash. What? Nobody good other than Devontae Adams. And now you really a think break- Lazard is trash? Terrible. Why? What has he done? He had a great game a couple weeks ago. He had a great game a couple weeks ago He's with on the IR greatest right quarter. Get him out of here. He's huh. not getting it done. Marnes Valdez Scantley can't catch a football. All bad. All bad. Okay? I'm done with any of these guys not named Devontae Adams. Huh. So if you want to bring in a wide receiver, then I'm into it. But you know what? You need to bring in someone, coach or player, to stop the run. That's what's going to get it done. You can get by with this offense. In fact, you can do better than get by. The offense is still performing out at an outstanding level in general. This is defense that's going to ruin this team again. And it is once again, by the way, the Packers had an opportunity to go get Robbie Anderson last year out of New York, mm-hmm. the Jets. They do it? No. For like, a, for like a fifth rounder, he ends up going to Carolina. You know what he is? The best receiver that Carolina's got. Robbie Anderson would be such a huge get to be the number two on this football team. Now Will Fuller, now Will Fuller's got a hit, an injury history and all that, but he's a straight burner and proven in this league. When he's there, he's he is super good. I mean, he's great wide receiver. He'd be outstanding to have, and they just don't do it, and they sit on their thumbs. Now, I don't know what the ask was, but you can't. I mean, I'm not sitting here thinking that it was two first-rounders and a, you know, $50 million to go get Will Fuller. You know, what, third-rounder, fourth-rounder? I bet you could get Will Fuller for a fourth-round or lower. I'm just so surprised that you said that about Lazard and, and the other guy because I I have had very limited viewing of them, but they seem pretty good to me. I, I, I guess it's I guess the part I'm surprised about is I don't think Robbie Anderson or Will Fuller are that good. So I don't so those guys must really stink. Oh, the guys Will, on the Will, Packers. First of all, you're you're wrong on both fronts. Robbie Anderson's are Robbie Anderson caught like a thousand yards for the New York Jets. I mean he, he's well, a really okay, good wide receiver. It's like averaging twenty points per game for the New York Knicks. Somebody's got to score. Somebody's got to catch the ball. Doesn't mean right. you're actually good. But that's not true because who's doing it now? 
Nobody's got to score. You can actually have zero points all the time, just like the Jets do. <laughs> I know. This analogy is to basketball. Um, <laughs> all I'm saying is, man, like, you know, you are right there. This is the problem with Green Bay. You are 13-3 and three and get blown out of the NFC Championship game, but you were in the NFC Championship game a year ago. You still have a quarterback playing at an extremely high level and really good talent all the way around in a lot of mm-hmm. important places. On the back end on your defense and your pass rush, not on your run defense, but those two places, you got a great running game. You got an excellent offensive line. You are close. And sometimes you've got to make a move to get there. And this is why Green Bay is a contender year in and year out, because they continue to keep what they have and use that stuff and use those assets and build the program from within. But they're never the favorites to actually go out and put that ring on their finger because they don't do the thing that you got to do to go after the guys to get it done. And, you know, you take the Los Angeles Rams, for instance. They went out and got a whole bevy of dudes a couple years ago in free agency. They didn't win the Super Bowl, and they're going to be underwater financially soon. You might see a drop-off from this team sooner rather than later Mm -hmm. because they did that. But they did go to the Super Bowl, and they took their shot. Kansas City, they went and got several guys in free agency, brought them, and they won the thing. You know, sometimes you hit, sometimes you don't. But here's the thing. You can't be almost good enough and do nothing and then become good enough. You, you Like, if you're there, you got to see that you're there, and then what is it about? Is it about winning championships, or is it about, you know, stabilizing yourself at 10 to 12 wins a year? Which, by the way, is great. Nobody wants to be on a six-win team or worse, so that's fine, but, you know, what are we here to do? You just, you just made my take about the Seattle Seahawks for me with this is a different team. No, the Seattle Seahawks make all the moves. They bring in everybody. They're offering Randy Moss out the booth to come in and play football for them. They get everybody they can possibly get. Jamal Adams, the biggest free agency trade of this entire season. Seattle, they do everything. Everything. I think maybe that's why this trade deadline felt lackluster because there was the trades that almost happened, but then there's also some moves that were made before the trade deadline and some other moves that were that were supposed to be made that never got made. I mean, when, when Dwayne, when Ron Rivera tells Dwayne Haskins, bro, you're not even practicing anymore. You thought, OK, well, they're just absolutely going to trade that guy. Like, what's the point of having a first round draft pick that's your third string quarterback behind Kyle Allen and Alex Smith? Who, who's going to trade for Dwayne Haskins? Well, I mean, you just think that maybe somebody would take a flyer on him or something. I don't know. Regardless, I mean, Stephon Gilmore, he's about to get paid. The Patriots can't afford it. The Patriots are acting like they have no money. <laughs> Bill Belichick's comments about Cam Newton yesterday were hilarious. Uh, but I thought Stephon Gilmore would, would maybe be on the block considering New England start. Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the trades that happened before the deadline. I mean, Yannick Ngakwe going to the Ravens was a big deal. I can't yep. believe the Vikings just decided to give up on that after six weeks. I mean, just rented him and then traded him for less than what you got him for. Why? Well, what a deal! What a dumb trade! What, what a dumb move by the Vikings! But then you got the Seahawks and they they have their additions coming in that we still haven't yet seen play for them. And Carlos Dunlap, I know Snacks Harrison's not a trade acquisition, right. but he's a free agent acquisition. Yeah. And then the, probably the most impactful in season move, or at least has the potential to be, is Antonio Brown to the Bucks. Right, who is activated and will be playing Sunday for for Tampa Bay. I'm so curious to see. I wish I knew what the backstory was because it's very clear 
that Tom Brady has some sort of personal relationship with Antonio Brown. Because there's no way that Tom Brady would be lobbying for this guy to join him in New England, and then after he completely exiles himself from New England, get him to come to Tampa Bay. And who who else was lobbying for him? Russell Wilson, right? Right? They working out in the off season, you know. Mm-hmm. Football is such a huge national thing, and tens of millions of people are into it and care about it. But I don't think that people really pay attention to like just how small the actual NFL football community is. For sure. And by the way, that is giant in comparison to like the NBA community. You know what I mean? And my point is, is like in the NFL, guys have relationships that you would just never guess or never think of or never, you know, whatever. Like all of a sudden, you know, it's like, why is why is Carrot Top hanging out with Marilyn Manson? I don't know, but I guess they're boys. Now yeah. I'm making that one up. By but, the way, don't look that. I'm just making. But you don't understand what I'm saying. The essence of what I'm saying. Well, for sure, because there's very few guys that even make it as long as Antonio Brown has in the league, let alone yeah. Russell Wilson, let alone Tom Brady. Yeah. There's very few guys. And that's the other misperception about all these NFL guys. They're all millionaires. No, they're not. Very few teams have ever even. There's like six millionaires on every team. Everybody else is a ten thousand there. But tell me this: if you're a quarterback. Probably find it in your heart one way or another to like Antonio Brown, right? I have a much different opinion of Antonio Brown than I think that the general public does. I think Antonio well, the general public thinks that he's a Hall of Fame wide receiver. They do. I think he's also been completely exiled from the NFL because, to me, I don't know how to even articulate it. Don't I, do I, it. I just, I just think that Antonio Brown is not a lost cause. And I think if if Tom Brady believes that, I think that will be the key factor to yeah. ensuring that he's not a lost cause. To tell Nuanas, 102.90 ESPN Radio, hour number one in the books, hour two straight ahead. We are very happy to once again welcome in Justin Angle, our second installment of the Business Angle, coming up right after this. Hey, we live in Montana, right? Why? Well, because we love it here. Okay, it's not an accident. You'll want to be here if you live in this state, and if you do, it's because you want to enjoy it. But if you're a business owner, you know you have a ton of work to do. It can take a ton of time, and sometimes it's at the expense of your own free time, and that is where Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services comes in. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services is a virtual bookkeeper that helps small businesses organize, maintain, and grow their business, which helps keep your business running smoothly and gives you more time to do what you love. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services offers monthly bookkeeping and will even help clean up previous month's books if you need it. Backlog? Don't worry about it. Go online, blackbookkeepingllc.com. That's blackbookkeepingllc.com and schedule a free consultation today. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 